1: It's all yours. Are you going to rap?
0: I'm not LL Cool J or run DMC. And the Beastie Boys, they got nothing on me. Because I don't rap jive I don't rap mess. I'm rapping for the king whose name is J-E-S-U-S. Some people say that Christians shouldn't get into rap. Now tell me what am I doing? Am I taking a nap? I want to get one thing totally understood. I'm rapping for the king, which is good. So if you want to be happy for the rest of You're your right. life, sit and listen as I rap about Jesus Christ. Well I taught him everything he knows.
1: I, I was gonna say, Cher, sure, now I know where you got her from. Oh my gosh. Unscripted. I think you need to preach this morning that was a (laughs) great job up here guys well good morning WCF it's good to be here you look amazing look at that one next to you say you look so much better than when you came in this morning thank you Howie Let's open our Bibles today, the book of Acts, chapter 2, 17. I just want to introduce this. You don't know what's going on, but I do, so just hang on. Just want to greet all those that are watching by live stream and also the second service here at WCF. I had to run out right at 12 o'clock for a flight, and so uh, we're going to tape it. This is the first time that we've ever done that, so you're going to be able to see the whole message right now, and then you're coming in for the incredible testimonies from the Encounter Weekend at 12.15, so excited about what's on for today, and I hope you enjoyed this morning's message on Power Showers. God bless. All right, let's go right into the word of God in Acts chapter 2. God says again in verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon how many people? Now, how many know if God says he's going to pour it out on all people, how many know he means all people? And when's he going to do that? He's going to do it in the last days. Now, here's what a lot of people don't understand. It says at the beginning, it it, it says this is what Joel had spoken about. So the prophet Joel said that in the last days, God's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Is that not right? But here's what Joel did. Number one, there was two rains that happened in Israel. I shared on that. There's the early rains, okay, And then there's the latter rains. There's the rains that come, if you want to call it in April, in April over there in the Middle East, because they only get seasons. It doesn't rain all the other. It doesn't usually rain in January. It doesn't rain normally in December. But it rains usually in late October and November, so it's the two rainy seasons that they have. And that's why in the Middle East they have cisterns, and water is so precious and valuable to them. And so they have these big, huge cisterns and caverns that they do that every drop of water it comes down. They save it. They use it for their plants, for their flowers, for everything that is there. So at the beginning of Joel's prophecy on Pentecost is what we call the early rains. But the latter rains, how many know when the latter rains came in? They came in. They can wash out roads. They could pump things out. There's so much power that comes down in the rains that whole roads have actually been washed out from when those latter rains come. And so what God's speaking about in the last days, there will be an outpouring of the Spirit of God. Now, I believe there's going to be two uh, transitions It's going to take place in the church world. You're going to see a falling away. And the Bible, in Thessalonians, speaks about that, and we can literally see the fulfillment of that happening in our very eyes today, where people have compromised the word of God, where people no longer agree that the word of and these are religious leaders today that are saying that the word of God is no longer. Uh, it's a bunch of uh, fables. It's a bunch of stories. It, it's some cute things. It's some nice things. And there's some good things. There, but it's not literally the word of God. Well, how many know God's word itself says that it is the word of God, and How many know it's been proven all these here years? And man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And and, and God's word inside is what's transforming life and transforming hearts and transforming nations. And God's word is what sets the captives free. And God's word is the proclamation of the gospel will go into all the world, and then the end's gonna come, amen? So there's the one camp that's going that way, and then there's another camp that's very, very excited, that's willing to even sacrifice their time, their priorities, their finances and their lives for the propagation of the gospel, the cross of Jesus Christ to all the world. And we're seeing today nations being challenged and nations being changed today. I, I'm convinced with everything in me that after World War II, we know that less than 2% of the population was Christians over in Korea. And today they're hitting 52, 53% of born-again Christians over in Korea. And, and they got a mountain over there called Prayer Mountain. There's literally hold out with all caverns in there, that there's a minimum of a thousand people at a time. There are up to 10,000 people that are praying and crying out for North Korea. praying for that thing to come down and praying for the wall and praying for that demilitarized zone to be obliterated so they can be one people again inside the land. And I believe we're going to see an incredible harvest in a short time in North Korea. I remember when we first went to Russia, Kathy and I, in 1989. And you know, we heard that the church was going to be going out. All these funny books were being written about the rapture of the church. Well, people don't even understand that the prerequisite for the rapture is you had to be dead before you're going to be resurrected and then brought back. And so that's what the Bible actually teaches. And 92% of the Christian church believes we're all going to blow out of here before tribulation. We're all going to blow out of here before any trouble. And yet there's people now that are waking up and saying it's time to occupy. Kathy just came back from Calgary with a group of next generation radical leaders for Canada called the Ark. And we're getting ready to plant churches. We're getting ready to burst out. And these leaders got passion. These leaders are moving. These leaders are shaking. And things are starting to happen across our land. And denominational leaders are coming in like no other time. And they want fathers in them to help the sons to go forth so that we can do the work even in the nation of Canada. I believe there's great things ahead for the nation of Canada. See, if you don't understand this, we're living in the fulfillment of the last days. Amen? Amen. Everything God said. How many know everything we see in the society today going on? God said it would be exactly like that. He said, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. They were from the youngest to the oldest that were knocking at the gate to take, listen very carefully, the men to men. And we could see that over there, three generations. Well, how many know we shifted now? We're in the second generation strong, going into the third generation. And 100% of the time in Bible, 100% of the time in societies, when it hits the third generation, judgment begins to fall and it's all prophesied it's all there in the word of God many of you aren't even aware how significant that is that Jerusalem of all the cities in the world has now come in to the control in the hands of the Jewish people again 1967 was the six-day war where God showed up in signs and wonders and miraculously she transformed it over to them come on 1948, the nation was birthed that Ezekiel 36 and 37 spoke about, I will speak into the dry bones and these dry bones will live. They will come to life and God brought them in from all the nations of the world. Kathy and I were there when they brought the Ethiopian Jews in and airlifted them in out of there. They're coming in now from the Ukraine. They're coming in from Russia. They're coming in from the north. They're coming in from Kazakhstan. They're coming in from all over the world just like God had said he would in the last days. Are you all with me right now? And so when you start seeing these things, Bible says, look up and know that your redemption draweth near. He did not say your redemption is here, but he said when these signposts begin to happen, look up and know that your redemption is near. Glory to God. I say all that because it also warns us in the book of Ezekiel 38 that the king in the north would come down with a mighty army. Amen. And it said he would be allied with the king of the south. And Daniel even writes about this. The two would be in a covenant, in a pact together. And we know now, and we're seeing all the players all come together of who the Bible said would be players in that war. Yep. And it's Russia, the king of the north, Gog. And it's Iran, come on, the king of the south. You take it in the proximity, look at it on a map, look it on the globe, and you'll see, and the two will be allied together, and it said they're going to get a brainstorm. And their brainstorm is we're going to go in and we're going to polish the nation of Israel. We're going to obliterate this nation from off the earth. I have a very difficult time when nations support militant groups, don't matter who they are. I'm talking about militant groups that are bent on the destruction of people groups that desire to ethnic cleanse people. And when our nation even here supports groups such as Hamas, because where the finances is going, and Hezbollah, which is hooked up with Iran, I'm going to tell you something. There's a problem with that inside the nation. And some of the calamities and some of the things that we experience, I believe, are a direct result. But listen to your pastor this morning, it said they're going to come in, and Ezekiel, seeing this here almost 2,700 years ago, and he's looking at this, and he says, because he never seen a plane. How many know they didn't have planes back then? How many had some birds, but how many didn't have planes? How many know they didn't have tanks? And he said there's going to be these, these things that are going on, and he's describing tanks, but he's using them like he said they're going to be shooting fire that's going to be coming out of the front of them and out of the back of them. Okay, and these things are moving on the ground. And then it says, I saw uh, an airborne attack that's coming over the mountains of Israel. So it's going to come from where Syria is. If you know the proximity, it's going to come from where Lebanon is and all the areas that Israel's surrounded by. It said that they're going to come, and it's going to be a massive airborne attack. And so it literally uses this air. They're going to come as a cloud over the mountains of Israel. So how, how can you describe something like that when you've never seen a plane in your life? So he's saying it's going to be like a cloud, so there's going to be many of them, and it's going to be dark. And then guess what? The God of Israel is going to, going to come and shake things up a little bit. It literally speaks about, and you can, you can find all this here, it literally says that he's going to take hailstones, okay, and they're going to come down and they're going to hit all the machinery, they're going to hit all their radar, they're going to hit everything and they're, and they're, they're going to start crashing all over, if you want to call it, the northern areas of the, of the nation of Israel, over the mountains. And, and, and it says God's going to wipe out 5 six of the Russian military in one event, and if you don't believe in, in germ warfare, in chemical warfare, it actually speaks about all these things. Read your Bible in, in Ezekiel 38 and 39 and, and you'll see all this here. It speaks about they're going to have to go out with detectors out there and it's going to take, take years just to clean up the bodies. There's going to be so many that's going to be in the land. Amen? Amen. And so this is all, guys, this is all on the horizon. This isn't some fanatical preacher that's just uh, telling him, I'm just telling you stories that are already written because people used to wonder what's happening in 36 and 37 of Ezekiel and it's already fulfilled in the day and hour. I remember when I first went to Israel some some 35 years ago and I remember going down from Elat, coming up to the north area of the Dead Sea out there and there might have been maybe 25, 50 greenhouses down there, uh, out there in the desert and Isaiah the prophet are you ready for this 20 he said the desert's going to bloom with flowers in other words it's going to produce and now you go down there and it's literally you can check that whole track up there some 60 kilometers from the bottom all the way up and, and all you'll see is deserts uh, all you'll see now is greenhouses as far as you can see on the east as far as you can see on the west everywhere you go that's all you're going to see on that whole trip Okay, and now almost two-thirds of the produce and flowers and stuff that's going into Europe and other regions of the world, it's all being shipped out of Israel. Come on now. We have no idea and understanding but it says these nations are going to come to take a spoil but they're going to get defeated and I believe it's going to open up the entire planet to the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. I believe there's nations that's going to be reached. I believe God says I saw a great multitude out of every nation, every kindred and every tongue standing before the throne of grace. He didn't say it would be a trickle in the last days. He said it's going to be a multitude in the last day that's going to come in. Amen? And I believe it's opening up. I believe things are happening right now. Missions Me is going into Peru. We've been connected with them on three trips. Missions Me is bringing 5,000 in to the Amazon in Peru, to the unreached people of the world that have never heard the gospel. We still have approximately 110 nations that have languages that have not nations, we have people groups in the nations that have never heard the gospel, have never had a Bible translated in their language but they will because they're going to be a part of the great multitude because God said, I saw a great multitude out of every nation, every kindred, and every tongue. Now, I stated all that, okay? How is this all going to happen? Well, Joel spoke about this. He pointed to the time frame of history that we are in. We use it at baptism every week when it says that God says, Repent of your sins, believe the gospel, and be baptized. That was all part, listen, of Peter's message on the day of Pentecost. How many know God didn't have Pentecost just as an experience for a day? But how many know Pentecost is an experience? For a lifetime for you and I today Amen Amen. So let's go to the book of uh, To the book of Acts chapter 2 And let's pick up if we will And and look at 14 Glory to God Acts 2 14 Actually we're going to have to for time's sake today Look at that verse if you will uh, Number 5 Verse number 5 So if they want to put Acts 2 I'll read it out of the New Living It said at that time there were devout Jews From every nation Living in Jerusalem when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed, and they said, "How can this be?" they explained. "These people are all Galilees uh, from Galilee, and yet we hear them speak in our own native languages." So there was a fluency, there was an accuracy, there was something that they were speaking about. Never forget one of the men that was in our service over here in our church. And, and he came from a, a region of Africa and there was a tongue that came forth in his dialect, in his tongue. And it came out and then the interpretation came back. And it was calling people to come to God and he knew it, heard it, got saved that day and been with us. So we, we see these things are not just at the beginning of the church they're happening in the church today. And then then it says over there here we are. Everybody say here we are. And he says we are Parthians, we are Medes, we are Elamites, we are people from Mesopotamia and we are Judean, and we are Cappadocia and Pontus and the province of Asia, from Perga and Pamphylia in Egypt, and the areas of Libya and Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Jerusalem, Cratians and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. And they stood there amazed and perplexed. And they said, what can this mean? They asked each other. In other words, they're astonished at what God was doing. They're astonished that They could hear all these different groups that came up for the feast to to, to represent their nation, to represent their tribe, to represent their people, and they're all in Jerusalem now, and they're all hearing them speak fluently and accurately in their tongue. And it said, uh, no, what you, and then it said, these people are not drunk. Everybody say, they're not drunk. Well, what is it, why would they say these people were drunk? Because others said they were drunk, and they're saying, no, they're not drunk. So, what is the characteristic of a drunk person? Usually, a drunk person laughing a lot. Usually, a little bit happy a lot. Can you say, Amen? So he said, No, no, they're not drunk. It's not the natural stuff. It's not the wine. It's not that they've been at the Jack Daniels. Okay, they, 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 they're not playing that. there. They're not at the, the the Michelob Light. They're not. They're not in that. Okay, they're not drunk as you would think. But there was a happiness. There was a something in the atmosphere that was permeating. When the Holy Spirit came upon them. I want to tell you something that I've learned in my journey. The more I pray in the Holy Ghost, the more happier I am. Amen. Amen. And the more, listen, when I don't pray in the Holy Ghost, it just seems like heaviness can come in. Amen. Are you there? And, and there's so many challenges that come to your life, so many challenges that come to my life. And the Bible says, but you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. How many know when you pray in your unknown tongues? And Kath and I have probably three messages on this that we're going to be going into. We want to finish up about being led by the Spirit. We have one more on that. But I really want to just share a little bit about what do all these tribes represent? What do all these here nations mean over here? And I want to just get this introduced to you and pick it up another time. But we recognize that in the New Testament we actually recognize that there is, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 260 times, okay? So the key leader, if you want to call it in the, uh, 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 in the epistles today, in the writings of John, notice it didn't say, thus says the Lord, but it says, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So how many know really today in the time frame of history we're living in, how many know it's the Holy Spirit that's moving, it's the Holy Spirit that's breathing, it's the Holy Spirit that's brooding, it's the Holy Spirit that's giving life, it's the Holy Spirit that's touching nations, it's the Holy Spirit that's prodding us, it's the Holy Spirit that's moving in us, it's the Holy Spirit that's speaking through us to establish God's reign and God's kingdom in the earth today. And so we have to understand there's 90 references directly of the person in the Old Testament, and amazingly there's 54 different references in the New Testament just on the person of the Holy Spirit and references that are made. And then you'll see many other names of the Holy Spirit and the personality of the Holy Spirit and the works of the Holy Spirit to the the summary in the Bible of over 3,100 times you'll see this person of the Holy Spirit moving and manifesting in and throughout the earth. I believe that the greatest thing we can do today is begin to listen and obey the voice of God's Spirit who is speaking to the church. But what do these names mean? So I want to get started here anyway, because Marilyn won't talk to me on Monday if I don't, okay? Anyway, are you all ready? Okay, so the first one that we see over there, here we are. Let's go back to verse number nine. Here we are, and I call it again, the power showers. Now what I've recognized, and I got this from a guy's book many, many years ago, And he had all the definitions from all his lexicons and all the dictionaries that he had. And he brought them all, Wilson's Bible Dictionary and Strong's and brought them all. And he got these here definitions, but he didn't take it to where we're going with it today. But he brought all those things down and to put the seed inside. And I said, there's something more that he has there. So I took all the definitions of those nations and developed this message. And this is what it came. The first work of the Holy Spirit in the baptism of the Spirit. See, every one of those nations represented a need that I have and represented a need that you have that was met already in the baptism of the Spirit. And are you ready for the very first one? The Parthians means banished, are fled in fear. The first thing that the baptism in the Holy Spirit did is it got the fear out of Peter. Remember, he backed down three times and denied Jesus. But how many know on Pentecost, he wasn't afraid to the same people that he had spoken to before. And what we have to recognize, when you get baptized, with the Holy Ghost, that fear has to be obliterated from your life. That fear no longer has a right in your life. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're dispelling fear out of your life. Because the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God hath not given you, come on, the spirit of fear. But what you do have is love. What you do have is power. And what you do have is a sound mind. And those three obliterate fear from your life when you pray in the Holy Spirit. We also see Job says that fear has creative ability ability and that has creative power because he said for the thing that I greatly feared it was before him in his waking moment it was in his day it was in his closing moment at night he said the thing which I greatly feared it's come upon me so fear has creative power but let me tell you on the flip side of it your faith has creative power when you begin to call the things that be not as though they already are my family is saved my loved ones are saved my kids are tracking with God my finances are increasing my body Is springing forth without, and you start calling the things that be not as though they already are, you'll begin to see a shift of the Parthians fled in fear out and an obliteration of that in your life. Because listen, 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 there is no fear in God's love, because the Bible says perfect love it dispels, it destroys fear from your life. Everybody, stand up for a moment right now and tell that fear no more dominion, No no more speaking. No more actions, no more control over my life. But I'm going to be a man of faith. I'm going to be a woman of faith. I'm going to decree faith. I'm going to speak faith. I'm going to speak over my circumstances, not my fears. But I'm going to speak faith. I'm going to speak what God says. Because what God says is more real than what fear would say. In Jesus' name. Amen, number one. Number two, the meads. Oh, this is one of my favorite here, Medes. Meads literally means little measure. It needs midget mentality. Yep. The Holy Spirit was given in your life and mine so that we could obtain much. I want to tell you something about the Spirit. There's nothing little about the Holy Spirit. There's nothing little about God. Man tries to put him into a little box and says, God's going to operate this way, God's going to do that. And we need to understand the works of God. But before we understand the works of God, we need to understand the very heart of God. We need to understand the passion of God. We need to understand the purposes of God. When we understand that, that breaks it off our life. See, shortage thinking today must lead from the believer's life. He's a God of the increase. He's a God of the abundance. He's the God of the breakthrough. He's the God of the break out. He's the God of the impossible. He's the God that when everyone says no, God will say yes. He's the God, listen very carefully, that looking for an atmosphere a faith inside of you and a faith inside of me, but that midget mentality needs to go. The Bible said Simon Peter joined them and pulled the net to shore and there was 153 big fish in there. And even with all those fish, the net didn't rip. Why? Because he's a miracle working God. He could take, listen very very carefully. He could take the cruise of all. He could take the little bit of bread and guess what? He can multiply that thing and bring it to pass inside of your life. He's he's the God of the increase. How is it that he can go and feed 5,000 men and and that they didn't count the women and they didn't count the children. An average family of six out there, they had some 30,000 and he took the loaves and he took the fishes and he gave thanks over them and that thanks began to increase and guess what? He fed them all that there was 12 baskets of leftover. Love so that they could all take his disciples a basket home until you get out of the midget mentality the shortage thinking the lack thinking and quit speaking the things that are and start saying what God says but my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches according to his glory in Christ Jesus that my tithe has sanctified the atmosphere for the purposes of God and when gratitude comes along with it he's got the mix he's got the formula and now the action. Of God can take place in your life. Stand up for just a moment and give God thanks that He's big. Give God thanks He's big in your life. He's big in your marriage. He's big in your family. He's big in your home. He's a God of the impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible, not to them that doubt, but to them that believe. Give Him a thank offering one more time. Oh, glory to God. Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask, all you could think, all you can expect to him be glory in the church now and forever. And everybody said, Some of you people have put your dream down for 40 years, 30 years, 25 years, it's time to pick it back up again and start dreaming. Start dreaming that God has a future for you. Start dreaming that some of the things that he put in your your heart, you're not too old for those things, for them to come together. Can you say amen? I I believe in that with everything inside me, that we're living in a time where God's looking for dreamers again. Amen? Joseph dreamed, and the Bible said he was 17 years old. He shared it with his brothers and said, guess what, guys? You guys are going to bow down to me one day. And they Get out of here, man. And guess what? They sold him into a slavery. Come on. And then guess what? He was in that thing. uh, He was in that thing for the the Bible teaches us till he was 30 years old. So, So for 13 years, he was in that life. And then God broke through and gave him his gift, which was the dream, when he was 30 years of age. And he pulled him out. And guess what? That's when Jesus got called into ministry, by the way, also. But that's another whole message in there in the parallels. And then then for seven good years, all the barns were all filled. And he had all the strategic planning. He became the son of Pharaoh. And God gave gave him a wife and got kids and everything else. And God blessed him. And then halfway in... To the, to the difficult, challenging famine years is when God fulfilled the dream. So it literally took 23 years from the time he got it to the time it was fulfilled. I believe we're speaking to people today about things that you've let down on, things that you've let your guard down on, things that you just quit talking about, things that you quit praying about, things that you just said it's never gonna happen. I want you to repent today of your sin because that was the key to the book of Joel. He called them to repent and get back in faith again and start speaking what God had to say. Next one over here, glory to God, is the Elamites. Everybody say the Elamites. Who in the world were the Elamites? Well, they were the ones, it literally means hidden in time, times past. And it speaks about people that were stuck in the ruts of their past. People that were stuck in the ruts of defeat. People that were struck in the ruts of failure. People that were struck in the ruts of divorce. People that were stuck in the ruts of brokenness. People that were stuck in the ruts of disease. People that were struck in the ruts of pain. And God said the Holy Spirit was given to empower them to get out of the ruts to get them moving and to moving forward once again. The apostles also, the, the the prophet in Isaiah said forget about what's happened don't Keep going over old history, but be alert to the present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? As long as you're looking at the old, you will never see the new unfold inside of your life. There's people here, you've been stuck in a rut of depression. There's people here, you've been stuck in a rut of unforgiveness. There's people here, you've been struck in a rut of disappointments. And God said that Elamite is out today, let's stand to our feet one more time, let's dream, let's shout, let's praise, let's honor God today, that the past is our past. Man, act like you mean it today, come on. You're getting out of it. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward To the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. It's not time to let down. It's not time to shut down. It's time to get down, get down on our knees, get down on our face, and begin to cry out to God once again like you did at one time before. Begin to sing like you never sang. Begin to shout like you never shout. Begin to rise up like you never rise up and start kicking devil butt. Start kicking that heaviness. Tell that depression to go. Tell that heaviness to go. Tell that grief to go. Tell that self-pity to go. Tell that self-hatred to go. And until you start decreeing it, it's not going to happen inside your life. But the Holy Ghost was given to empower you to get out of the ruts of your past. And everybody said, come on. You know, I got incredible news for you today. Your past is in the past. I
0: got an exhortation. Go ahead. You know what Pastor Rick is saying... This is a huge issue with us as believers, not only in the world. We just refuse, refuse to let go of the past. There is people, and I'm speaking right now, that are in this room that are holding on to hurts
1: and come on, bitterness come on. and
0: disappointment come on. for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Dave, stand up, stand Dave up, come on, stand up. It. We come see it when we go to nursing homes. On. And I'm not putting them down... And they're holding on to their last breath of something unfulfilled, something unforgiven. And I'm telling you, God has said, behold, I make all things new. I make all things new today. So if that's you today, okay? Well, take this from me. If the Lord's come on, ready, come it's on. time to lay it down. Go ahead, Brian. I've had to do that in my own life. I've had to. So that God can bring the new in. Come on. I, I remember it was, uh, uh, Tony Miller said, if the horse is dead, dismount. Yeah, get off it. That's right. Because you're carrying a boat anchor around and Whoa. you are not going to find out what God has for you. For your, your spouse, for your family, for your children, your grandchildren, your life. Did he not say, oh Lord, did he not say that I've come that you might have life? Not death, come on. life and have it more. Abundant. Everybody say more. More abundantly. I want more. I want all that you have for me, Lord. You're not holding anything back. I'm causing it to be held Thank back. Thank you, Lord. And in Jesus' name, put out your hand right now. Don't be embarrassed. Come on, come on. Place, say, God, whatever come on. Is, You you know. You know that I know what it is. And that's like salvation. You want to save us, but you need to hear us say it. Come on, Lord, save me. Lord, you need to say right now to God, I let that thing go. You know exactly what it is. I don't have to peer open. Nobody Come on. may Come on, know, Brian. but God knows that you know. Don't say, God, what is it? What is it? No, you know what it is because you've been holding on to it. You've been holding on to the past. You've Come been on. holding on to unforgiveness. You've been holding on to bitterness. And how's that working for you? Yeah. Come on. You need to come to reality right here, this day, right in church. What a great place to be to lay it down at Christ's feet because he's the one who wants to pick it up and put it in the trash bin so he can start pouring out on you all the things that he has so desired to do for your life and you are withholding it. God's not, he's not a cheapskate. He doesn't want to withhold it from you. That's right, that's right. But God works, oh my goodness, the word of God. He works on on principles. Yeah, we get your heart, come on. The world doesn't understand it. He works on godly principles. And the promise is, when you do those things consistently, he rewards it. To show you, you know why? To show you, I'm pleased with you. Amen. You're doing a good job. So in Jesus' name, Lord, we release we release. Release it right now. Release We release, right Help release. Me, Rick.
1: We name, release the heaviness. It, yes, we Lord. release the oppression. We release the depression. You said put on the garments of praise and gratitude, thanksgiving for the spirit of heaviness. I thank you they're coming out today. They're coming out of the walls. They're coming out of the prisons of their minds. They're coming out of the prisons that have been locked in their emotions. This day is their day of liberty. This day is their day of jubilee. This day is their day of breakthrough. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name.
0: This came to me strong when he was praying. There's a couple here. You're hanging on. You're just hanging on. You're ready to go to divorce court. And I'm telling you today that that's not God's plan. That's right. That's not his plan. But you both got to forgive one another daily. And right. you've got to walk walk it out and let God do it. Surrender your marriage. Surrender your children. Surrender it all because he owns it all anyways. That's right. We don't own it. But God has the plan and the perfect plan if you let him in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you Brian. I just feel in my closing. I want you to put up on the screen Mark 11:22. This this is just where we're going to close off today. I'm um, this I, I I know that I know that I know this is where we need to go. So just go to Mark 11:22 and then I'm going to be all Everybody put it up Mark 11:22. A- and and I want you guys to rise. Just rise up for just a minute. These are the verses. Listen carefully have made major pastor, the pastor that he is. These are the verses that got into me 43 years ago. These are the verses that got deposited on the inside of me. Because when I got these verses down, this is what's changed my life. We're gonna use this translation. Everybody look at it, and let's say it. Come on, then Jesus. Who's your faith in today? Is it in your abilities, or is it in his abilities? Have faith in God. Come on. Go to the next one right now. Go go to the next one. For who? Mark 11. I'll just quote it. Everybody say, For whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed. The mountain is the obstacles in your life. It's the problems in your life. It's the circumstances in your life. And it's the vices in your life. It's the addictions in your life. For whosoever, come on, shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. The emphasis was not on the believing. The emphasis was on the saying. And Christians are not being defeated today because of their believing. They're being defeated because of what they're saying. And he goes on and he says, And what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When is it the point of conception takes place? When you pray. Believe that you receive them and you shall shall his future have them so you get a hold of it when you pray, when you decree it, when you establish it. But listen to the warning. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught, ill, resentment, grudge, hurt against any. Come on. God tells us your prayer will be aborted if forgiveness is not released. And I am convinced that we prayed the Our Father for years, but we prayed it with our head and not from our hearts. So as we close today, let's close as a church and say, Our Father, come on, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against and lead us not into temptation. The temptation is unforgiveness but deliver us from the evil one for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory Forever and ever, and everybody said. And then he says, for if you don't forgive men their sins, how can your heavenly Father forgive you yours? So God, as we close today in this service and we welcome in the encountered people now, we just give you thanks that we're a forgiving people, we're a righteous people, we're a bold people for our faith, and we're trusting that our breakthrough is at hand. And everybody agreed, said? Let's give them a welcome as they come forward now.
0: I searched the earth for something that could satisfy a peace for the heart I had buried deep inside.